0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Monday, October 26th. Hope everyone had just a wonderful weekend because today, as we get up, we get rolling. We find that the LA Dodgers are one win away from a World Series title. That the New York Jets are a whole lot further away from anything that would be even qualified as success. The Seahawks lost a game last night. Someone is going to need to explain that to me. I I watched the game. I got, you know, I watched, uh, I'd say about third quarter, and then I woke up this morning and caught up after seeing the score. I've seen the game. Someone will still need to explain that game to me. And, of course, since this is the Gordon Damer Show, and this is not just football season, it's not just baseball season, the regal tumble. The quest to find the greatest television show of all time continues today. A new show, a classic show. I would say a show that was maybe not the most, but pretty high up there in terms of the most frequently nominated show. But also, in some ways, maybe one of the most polarizing shows. And that will enter the fray of the regal tumble over the course of this next hour. So it is, uh, of course, the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Good morning. Welcome in. No way to fit anything else into the show today. I can say that because even with the stuff I plan to get to, we will probably only get to about maybe 67% of it. So let's dive right in. As I said, Dodgers take game five of the World Series last night. Clayton Kershaw going five and two thirds. Huge playoff start for him. The Sunday night game between the Seahawks and Cardinals. Just a wild game back and forth. Arizona wins it in overtime after being down uh, 10 points. About, I guess it was about four and change left. So all that excitement, the regal tumble, all these exciting things. So, of course, let's start off with the New York Jets. Yes, the Jets, because while there are many things, many things right now in sports that have you sitting with your jaw just hanging open, nothing is more consistent in having your jaw just hang there wide open than the New York Jets. The Jets lost the bills yesterday eighteen to ten. So mission accomplished at this point, as we've said here for for weeks now, at this point, you do not fire the head coach. That does not mean that he's not horrible. he is, but you do not fire the head coach. Because at this point, the only thing that can salvage this year is to get the number one pick and to get Trevor Lawrence. That's it. And while it does seem like at 0-7, it seems like a foregone conclusion, in terms of the math, it's actually not. Now, when you watch the Jets and you see other bad teams, you know that the Jets are far and away the worst team in football. It's not even close. They are light years away. They have hit hyperdrive in terms of being the worst team in football. But in terms of the math, they're actually not as far away as you think. I mean, there are a bunch of one-win teams. So the only thing that could prevent the Jets from getting that number one pick is change. Change in approach, change in performance. And as long as you don't change the head coach, those other two probably are not going to change. So that was good. Mission accomplished for the Jets yesterday. They are now 0-7. Only nine more games to go. Only nine more. We have to, do, we're not even at the halfway point yet. Oh my good God. The goal going in to this week, I thought was for me, I said on Saturday, just be regular bad. Just be, don't be comically inept. Just be regular inept. Don't do anything that's going to go viral. But at first, oh my God. I know it's, they have read, termed uh, Halloween as spooky season it was downright scary yesterday because the Jets scored a field goal to open the scoring they were up three nothing okay that's not that big a deal but then they scored a touchdown in the second quarter they had a 10 nothing lead let me repeat this the Jets had a 10 nothing lead now going into the game and I kind of thought this last week against Miami I was completely wrong but this week going into the game I said you know This might be the week that the Jets actually keep things close, And I put that out on Twitter, and obviously I was roundly uh, criticized. But they were not only just keeping it close; they were winning. And the Bills somehow looked like the Jets. It was like the Seinfeld episode where Elaine became George. The Bills became the Jets. So what happened from that point? Well, from the Jets' perspective, nothing. Not that nothing changed. Things did change, but they didn't do anything after that. Sam got intercepted. Sam Darnold got intercepted on the final drive before the half. And then in the second half, the Jets had five drives, five separate drives that produced four yards. They had four yards in the second. That's that's almost impossible to do. And it was almost like the Bills didn't really want to win the game, but they were almost like kind of forced to take, ah, we'll kick another field goal. Well, let's not try to push it too much. Ah, we'll just kick another field goal. Just pathetic. The Jets' most pathetic offensive performance. And think about that. Every single week, we're talking about how comically bad the Jets are. They're by far the worst team in football. It's not in terms of just the individual performance, not the record, not the math. They are the worst. But yet somehow... Yesterday, they put up their most pathetic offensive performance. This, after a first half, where at least, like, the goal, as I said, was not to be comically bad, and it was impressive in the first half. Yesterday was the first game in the first half where it looked like the Jets actually were aware they had a game that day. Most of the time, they show up with all the, the readiness of someone showing up to their drug intervention. It's like a huge We have a game today, right now? It's like a pop quiz. But in the second half, the Jets could have won the game if they had put in if they had put anything, anything together, which they could not or did not, and really never came close. Their longest drive of the second half was four plays, four plays. They had five drives and had 16 plays. Their two minute drill lasted 48 seconds. I mean, it was so bad. They never came close to doing anything. And Rich Gannon, who is calling the game on CBS, who I generally like, I think that he was not prepared to watch the Jets. He became – it was almost like uh, – what do they call those things that they have like in NASA where you, you get strapped in It's like the G-Force and you become like delirious. I think he became delirious from watching the Jets, and it didn't even take the full game. He was He kept talking about how the Jets had showed progress – rich give rich some of those smelling salts that gase uses on the sidelines but before the final drive rich gannon actually said well all the jets need to do here is drive the field score a touchdown get a two-point conversion to tie the game <laughs> oh is that all is that all rich they uh, that's all they have to do the jets who have had uh, nothing going i mean literally nothing in the second half Saying all the Jets need to do is drive the field, score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion. is like, uh, all I have to do to fly to the moon is, is flap my arms. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know what he was talking about. I have to assume that he was not prepared for what he was getting, getting into. Just the worst. But look, it confirms all that we already knew. And what we already knew was, a. If you're the Jets, you do not change the coach. Not until that number one pick is wrapped up in a bow. That Trevor Lawrence is very much the goal. That is the goal. That's the only goal. And I think also that while some might not want to admit it or or come to the realization, maybe some will have that moment of clarity. Sam Darnold, it's it's not going to happen. I'm not saying he's the Jets' biggest problem, but he's not a solution either. And the good news for him is that based on the history of players, once they stop being coached by Adam Gase, Sam Darnold has a bright future. The problem is, is that future almost certainly has to be someplace else. He is a bystander on the Jets, which you can say, well, look, he's a bystander. What well, do you say? The, the other people are, are not, he, he's not able to, uh, you know, as a result of his circumstance, raise his level of game. Yes, but he's not shown he can do anything either. You know, the Sam Darnold cultists, will always say, well, what is he supposed to do? What can he do? Well, the rest of us know that he does not do anything. So at some individual points, even if the team is bad, even if the the talent is bad, even if the coach is bad, at some point, the quarterback has to show you some glimmers of hope, and he doesn't. And uh, look, if anything, at least the Jets' offense was trying to get the game over as quickly as possible. Everything they did was trying to get the game over as quickly as possible. So quickly you might have thought they hit hyperdrive. So I did uh, have an idea, and I I would be interested to see see what you guys think of it. 1-800-919-ESPN. Adam Gase gave up play-calling duties yesterday. The offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins called plays. Apparently Dowell Loggins gave up calling plays at halftime, just nobody picked them up. It was just... (laughs) It was, just, it was just running on autopilot. It's like when you, the car is in drive, but there's nobody actually behind the wheel. Just, mm. Actually, the car generally goes down. If, the, if it's a straight road, the car can go for a while before it crashes. You ever watch a college game day and they have the celebrity guest picker? They have like a different celebrity come in every week and pick the game? I think that maybe that's what the Jets should do with their offensive uh, coordinator, play calling duties, right? Like every week, to make things interesting, you bring in a different celebrity. Now, you might have to pay the celebrity to sit through an entire Jets game, but at least that would give you some pizzazz. At least that would give you something to, you know, one week it could be Charles Barkley, another week Ric Flair, Kelly Clarkson for the Chiefs game, Bill Murray for the Dolphins. I know it sounds ridiculous, but could it be any worse? Could it be any worse? Like, if Kelly Clarkson called plays for an entire half, wouldn't the Jets almost have to fall into four yards? Wouldn't they have to? You know what yesterday's Jets game was like? You ever play when your kids are small and you're, trying to, you're playing a game and you're trying to let them win and you just can't? right like you're trying to let them win and they just either they don't grasp the game they're not really paying attention all that much they just they can't figure out how it works and you're trying to let them win but it's just it's impossible you know it's just it's just too hard that was the bills yesterday they were trying to give the get the, the game to the jets and look if you're playing uh, chess while everybody else is playing checkers if the bills let the jets win that game and as a result of that game they keep Trevor Lawrence out of the AFC East for the next 15 years. That's the smart long-term move. But the Jets uh, put up an offensive performance that was uh, so bad. Yet I think that yesterday was so bad that there are some Jet fans already tanking for Arch Manning, the uh, 15-year-old nephew of uh, Peyton. By the way, have we gotten any confirmation on that phone call yet? I- I- I've been saying this for weeks. One of these beat writers, you don't have anything to do in the second half. Call, get Get on the phone. Make sure it was Peyton that called and not Peyton with an A because something is. I mean, why does he hate the Jets so much? I respect it, but I need proof. I need I need evidence. I need the receipts, as the uh, kids say. All right. It is the Gordon Dammer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. We still have the regal tumble to get to. Obviously, our moment of inspiration still to come too. And today, I think, is is one of the best ones we've done during the show. But the uh, Dodgers beat the Rays last night, 4-2. So now up uh, three games to two in the World Series. Clayton Kershaw, big storyline last night, right? Gave up a couple of runs over five and two-thirds. Now, he did get staked to a 3-0 lead, and uh, it was 2-0 after the very first inning, so that's good. And that was a good way to kind of wash away the stank of the Game 4 ending, which was absolutely wild. But the real story of this one, 3-0 lead, or excuse me, 3-2, bottom four uh margot walks steals second goes to third on the uh on the, the uh, throw into center field or into right field in that case I guess so he's at third nobody out and it's a three-2 game and you're thinking at this point fourth inning it's a little too early to pull Kershaw right you can't you can't go to the bullpen that early but this the game's on the line maybe this is the time to pull him but Kershaw buckles down gets Wendell to pop up Adamus uh, strikes out, another awful at-bat, I mean, just a terrible at-bat there. And then the real turning point of the game, Margot gets thrown out trying to steal home. And as soon as he gets thrown out trying to steal home, the tweets immediately, as soon as he gets called out, what were you thinking? What are you doing? Oh, that was a terrible idea. I don't know, man. He was out by the smallest of margins. You cannot tell me that you knew. Now, the, the initial call was out, but you can't tell me by watching. That was a bang-bang play. And it just so happened that really the way that the play was – his hand almost did get in there. It just so happened the catcher just happened with his, his non-glove hand to touch the sliding hand in where he was going to kind of touch him higher up. He was, he was, he was going to touch him in the chest. But it just so happened his 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 bare hand his, his, offhand, his throwing hand touched the the sliding in hand as he was going in. So it was the smallest of margins. It was a bang bang play, and at least it, before they started, you know, showing replay of this angle and that angle, kind of looked like he got in. So you can you know it's all well and good to say well that was a mistake because of how it turned out. I think you have to kind of go through the process. And the Ray, it wasn't like the Rays were doing a whole lot offensively. They only got two hits the rest of the night. So uh, after all the craziness of Game 4, good win for the Dodgers. Uh, the idea that Clayton Kershaw, that that somehow last night helps him rewrite his postseason reputation. No, it's not. Stop it. Even if they win the World Series, it's not going to rewrite his postseason reputation. It's too extensive. He has pitched a full season worth of starts in the postseason. The only guys, now obviously it's 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 more extensive now because there's more rounds of playoffs, but the only guys who have thrown more innings in the postseason than Clayton Kershaw. Here's the list. Ready? Pettit, Glavin, Smoltz, Clemens, Maddox. That's the list. So his, his it's too extensive. Now, I don't know. I guess it's possible, although doubtful, that if he were to keep pitching, I think he's 32, 33 Right. The the Dodgers probably get to the playoffs a bunch more times before he retires that I guess if he keeps making postseason starts and and somehow, you know, pitches now what the 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 monkey is off his back of the postseason and the World Series win. I don't know. I guess it's possibly could kind of rewrite his reputation later in his career. But it's it's I mean, I think that that reputation is is too ingrained now for him ever to rewrite it ever to rewrite it. Uh, now, the Dodgers, as I said, one went away from the title. And I think if you are a Yankee fan, that that has to make, when you just take a look at the Dodgers overall, I think that you have to feel slightly better about your lot in life. They're not a lot better because, again, you're watching the World Series and your team has not been in one in a very long time. But think of all the, the advantages the Dodgers have. They have all the same advantages the Yankees have, the money, They have star power. They have this amazing farm system. One of the smartest front offices in the game. Big time rotation made up of all their own guys. And they've not won a World Series in 32 years. 32 years. And what that tells you is, even with all the advantages, it's really hard to win a World Series. If the Yankees went 32 years without winning a World Series, it would be 2041. Think about how old you will be. In 2041. That's a long time. If the Mets go 32 years between World Series, it would be 2018. Oh, that was two years ago. Bad example. But the point still remains. 32 years, even with all the advantages that the Dodgers have. That's pretty incredible. So, and it's not over yet. It would not be a shock at all if the Rays are able to win game six and then force a game seven, and then it comes right down. I mean... Every time you think that the Dodgers kind of have the hand up, right? Two two they were up two games to one. They were leading game 4 and then you saw the way that ended. So even last night a 4-2 game it was a close game. So it's 3-2 Dodgers, one win away and we'll see if they can get their uh their first World Series since 19 19- 1-800-919-ESPN, ESPN one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. All right, uh, let's get a couple of calls in because I never get them in early, and then I, we run out of time. So let's go to the phones. We'll go to uh, Eddie. Is in uh, Brooklyn. Eddie, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. How you doing? Um, I'm good, man. Morning. What's up? Um, I like to say, um, if you don't mind, give a shout out to my to my boys Ralph, and then um to all the laters out there. Um, right. But, I, you know, I watched that whole game last yesterday, the Jets game. It was, like, two different teams, man. It was, like, a whole different team came out the second half, and then, like, they didn't just, they didn't make no adjustment. What I suggest the Jets should do is make more throwing plays for Sam Donald. Because you could see he do got some potentials. But to, for, if we really want to find out what this guy's made of, what he has, we got to just be like, we're going to lose these games anyway. So, Let's see what we got on. Let's see what we got on Sam Donald, and then if anything, we could um, draft Trevor Lawrence, have quarterback competition of the off season, and the best can get the job. Wow, I mean, I think at this point, Eddie, it's, it, we're talking about Kershaw, and his his reputation is too well ingrained. I, I think that for for Darnold, if it were if it were going to happen here, it, you would have seen more glimpses of it, glimpses of it by now. You've uh, no. not seen it really on any consistent basis, and the problem with Sam Darnold is, is that maybe he does have a very high ceiling, or the ceiling that some Jet fans think that this guy's a franchise guy. He could be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's going to own this town. Blah 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 blah. And look, I'm not, I'm not having revisionist history. When the Jets had the mm-hmm. pick a couple of years ago in the draft, I thought that that was the right move. I was wrong. It's fine. I'm, I get things wrong all the time. It's fine. Uh, but, if you know, his ceiling is very, very high. The problem is his floor is below the sub-basement, you know, to have a, a half, a full half of football. And for the offense to produce, I, how many first downs? Did they have one first down in the second half and four yards? That's impossible to do. And they did it. Um, Hello? Yeah, I'm here, Eddie. One I, more I guess, thing about how far as baseball goes. Yeah. If the Dodgers don't win Game Six, they're gonna lose Game Seven, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're Eddie, I, I kind of feel, six. I kind of agree with you there. You know, last night going into the game, and Eddie, thanks for the call. You know, a lot of pressure on the Dodgers, and and when we were sitting on, I think on Saturday, that Dodgers were up two one at the time in the series. I said, if you're the Rays, all you want to do is get to a scenario where you're putting pressure on them with Clayton Kershaw on the mound, and you got that last night um so it does feel like the dodgers now up three two hey things are good everything's uh, all they need is one more win you don't want to be back in that pressure spot you know The, the rays live for that pressure spot they play all these close games they know how to operate they never panic even even um even in game four they just kept coming back and they would not be denied now they lost last night but We'll see what we get in Game 6, and uh, yeah, I would agree with you. If I'm, if I'm the Dodgers, especially up 3-2, right, you uh, you don't want to see a Game 7. Anything can happen in a Game 7. I want a Game 7. I think if you're a baseball fan, you want a Game 7. But if you're a Dodgers fan or a Dodgers player, you do not uh, want a Game 7. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go to Tony quick. Tony, what's going on? He's in uh, Yonkers. Tony, go, my man. How are you, buddy? Uh, quick thing, Lev Bell yesterday with the Kansas City Chiefs, man. He looked good. I watched him rush You know, I only, oh. one, I only saw the one – I only saw the – I think it was the first play from scrimmage. He had 16 yards. He only had like one play his entire time with the Jets uh, of 16 yards. That was not a game that I was focused on all that much. I got to see what he uh, he ended up doing for the entire game. but um, he, he just looked like the old Lev Bell from Pittsburgh. He looked like he had pep in his step. He was looking to make the cuts, the moves. I mean, he only had, a, he only had like six rushes. So they didn't really put him in for the whole game, but I can just tell you now. Yeah, 6 got, for 39. Yeah, he hit 16 on the first one. So there you go. Right. So I think he's going to do well. with Kansas City Chiefs, I'm glad he left the Jets because a guy like that, he don't belong on a Jets. The Jets well, did not look, I mean, them. he he played the Jets, Tony, and thanks for the call. He played the Jets like a fiddle. He got his money from the only team that was willing to pay him his money. And then when uh you know when the time came he he got off the team he still gets his money and now he went to a a, a great team. Uh yeah, I mean he only we only ran the ball 6 times yesterday. And the Jets, what do I have as the email? I think it's a 22 point line for Sunday against the Jets Chiefs <laughs> right here on 98.7 FM. Uh the line that I saw early on and I got an email sent to me that the opening spread is 21 and a half, and that is the eighth highest line. Um, Fred against the Jets, eighth highest in NFL history, below are the top seven spreads. It's the highest one since 2013. 2013, Jacksonville at Denver. Denver was minus 27 and a half. Broncos won, but did not cover. And uh, the interesting thing, all seven teams won, but only one covered of the top of the previous seven. Only one of them ended up covering. So maybe maybe the Jets cover again, two in a row, starting to trend. Tom Brady's just about done. It could be his next game he plays. It could be a year from now, but he is going to fall off a cliff. Tom Brady is going to be a bum in short order. Wow. Today marks 1,581 days since Max Kellerman, first take, made that prediction. That, in short order, Tom Brady would be a bum. So you're saying, Gordon, your moment of inspiration, why is that inspiring? Well, look, Mondays can be very, very tough. Every night I tuck my kids in. And I always ask them, what's one thing you're thankful for, for today? And what's one thing you're looking forward to tomorrow? And when it's Mondays, both of my kids, nothing. I'm not looking forward. It's Monday. It's back to school. Nothing. So what's inspiring is, for you, that no matter how bad your Monday goes, the chances of you, in your job, getting anything as wrong as that statement that Tom Brady is going to be a bum in short order— the chances of you getting anything that wrong is astronomical. There's, possibly, there's probably no way you will get anything that wrong because Tom Brady, now at the age of 43, could very well be the MVP this season. He's now second in touchdown passes. He's only thrown four interceptions the whole year. He's fourth in quarterback rate. I mean, it's amazing. And I think next week is the week where he will have played More games as a 43-year-old than everyone else in NFL history. And yet he's still playing at this high. I mean, it's almost inspiring enough to eat some avocado ice cream. Almost, almost. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Your moment of inspiration for this Monday. But, of course, it is Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And while the football is a big story, the baseball's a big story, the biggest story in our show, the quest to find the greatest television show of all time It is the Gordon Damer Show, Regal Tumble, much like the Royal Rumble format. Oh, I love where you brought that music in, Brian. That was fantastic. A++ plus plus for you. The Regal Tumble continues. Today is day six. Each day, if you don't know the format, We have a secretly guarded list of the greatest television shows of all time. They have been randomly selected in a specific order. You don't know the order. Only I know the order. I am the Vince McMahon of this operation. And each day, the show with the lowest vote total gets eliminated to be replaced by a new contender every single day. So on Friday, very competitive contest. Four really strong contenders. But the show that bit the dust was... Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that was my vote. Of the four Making that were up on uh, Friday, I, I voted for cheers. But cheers did not make Taking it. Very, very close vote. Nobody heart. pulled away sure by any real strong uh, numbers. But cheers. Oh, just you know, bad draw. You know, if, if maybe if cheers had gotten in a little bit later, I think we have 66 shows, I think it is. Uh, maybe if they had gotten in a little bit later, the landscape would have been a little bit different. But it was not to be. So Cheers, unfortunately, bites the dust. So that clears the way for a new entry. So before we get to the new entry, we have the three returning shows. They are The Office. Very strong contender so far. Everybody loves to fall asleep to it, watching it Netflix every single night. Not exactly a ringing endorsement for a great show that you fall asleep to it every single night. But The Office, very strong numbers so far. Also, Game of Thrones. Yes, Game of Thrones has shown up, and uh, it's not my show, not with the way the end. The way that that show ended, there's no way you can go back and rewatch it. There's just no way, because you know it just falls apart in the end. So, so disappointed. But Game of Thrones, a lot of people still like it. And then the third returning show is, of course... Now, this is a story all about yes, how my the Fresh Prince got of Bel Air. If, we if we were having a. We were originally that. thinking about maybe be doing this just for a theme songs for shows. Fresh Prince would be also a very strong contender. And the Fresh Prince, a nomination of one of the members of the 98.7 ESPN Illuminati. So those are the three returning shows. But our new show for today is. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. Yes. Victoria. Hi, Seinfeld is in the mix. Yes, Seinfeld, of course, everybody's favorite. You know, it's weird. Give it to me again, Brian. I stepped all over it. I'm not going to lie. My God is my witness. He is broken in half. He is broken in half. I, I don't know what that really means in terms of Seinfeld, but JR is so great. You have to have him as part of the mix. Wait a minute. No, you don't tell me. No. No. Yes. No, it has to happen. Seinfeld was going to be part of the mix at some point. And today is the day, day six. And I will say this you think, people think that the way that things have gone here, right? The Office has been there since the beginning. The other shows have been there. You know, it only started last week. There's not going to be... I'm telling you right now, this week of shows is so star-studded that the entire landscape of the tournament will change. And I think that today, I mean, you really have, oh boy, when the rubber hits the road today, Seinfeld, Fresh Prince, The Office, Game of Thrones, there is going to be one fan base that is going to be very disappointed. But the only way to decide the Regal Tumble is to vote. So the vote is up to you. And it's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dahmer. And you can vote on the greatest TV show of all time, Regal Tumble today, day number six. And uh, those are the four shows for today. They are Seinfeld, Fresh Prince, The Office, and Game of Thrones. And the vote is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, so uh, some more football thoughts. I want to get back to them. And certainly we'll get back to your calls in just a sec. one 800 919 ESPN. You know, every single show has, you know, the most impressive plays of the weekend. Is it this touchdown run? Is it this interception? The most impressive play maybe that you have ever seen in your life happened last night on Sunday Night Football. Arizona, Seattle, Cardinals win the game in overtime. Crazy game. Again, I said I saw the game, and I still need someone to explain to me how the Cardinals won that game. And now Arizona sitting at five and two. One of my picks this year to go to the playoffs. Things certainly looking good, but the play was not a play by Arizona. It was a play. And if you have Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it by now because it's insane. Russell Wilson throws an interception. I don't know where, maybe the five yard line and Buda Baker gets the interception and it looks like, I mean, it's clearly a pick six, right? It's one of those classic pick six plays where just the, the guy interception and, and nobody's in front of him. And it wasn't Daniel Jones who made the interception. So clearly he's in the, he's in the clear. He's not going to fall down at the five. And yet DK Metcalf is able somehow to chase down Buda Baker and make the saving tag, uh, it saving a pick six. Now, at the end of the day, it didn't end up mattering because the Cardinals still won the game. That was the most impressive play. Buda Baker has at least five, six, maybe seven yards on DK Metcalf. And the angle of the play is perfect because you can see how much of a lead he has. And I don't think Buda Baker let up. I don't think he slowed down. It's not one of those plays like Deshaun Watson where he thought, oh, there's not anybody going to catch me. No, somebody caught him from behind, and it wasn't even—it wasn't even like Buda Baker picked off the pass and was covering DK Metcalf. No, he was covering somebody else, and DK Metcalf was able to chase. That was absolutely incredible. And as I said before, I'm watching uh, the boys on uh, Amazon Prime right now. I'm pretty sure DK Metcalf has a stash of Compound V somewhere on his person because that was absolutely incredible. Some other thoughts from Week Seven. I'm guessing I'm not going to be seeing any tweets today about how did the league ever allow Bill Belichick to get Cam Newton. Remember all those tweets? Remember when Cam Newton signed his deal with the Patriots? Oh my God, how could the league let him get to New England? How could all these teams not sign Cam Newton? Now Belichick has Cam Newton, and he's just going to keep on winning. I guess I'm not going to see any of those tweets today. And it might be because I'm going to see plenty of tweets regarding Mike McCarthy oh my god people are asking if it's possible he could get fired after one year I'm wondering if it gets po- if it's, he could get fired during the game after like one more play oh my god what a nightmare of a performance that was yesterday by the Cowboys and my stupid fan account can attest to it because I bet the Cowboys what an idiot I am two minutes into the game I'm looking for the cash out feature cash out cash out Didn't work out. And Mike McCarthy looks so he looks like uh, Coach Klein at halftime of the Bourbon Bowl. Oh, my. Anybody have any ideas? Wow. Have the players quit on him? Oh, my God. They're two and five and they're lucky to have two wins. But of course, one of those wins is against the Giants. (laughs) So does it really matter? All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 3776 Let's get another call in here before we get to the break. Scott is in Jersey. Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon. What's going on, champ? Hey, look. Come on, man. Shears losing to the Fresh Prince. Absolutely not. No way. Throw in the flag. that There's no way that could happen. Well, uh, hey, look, it on? happened, Scott. It's not up to me. It's up to you guys. You know, I just take in the information and I compile it and I put it in a nice little bow. Uh, I'm not uh, the day-to-day guy. I'm the big idea man. So it's all up to you I, guys I and, you. and up to you I voting you. and burner accounts I, and all those type of things. Like you were saying, Monday morning, I wake up, I'm driving up 80 in Jersey here with a million cars, and I hear that, and I said, wow, my day started off great. Yeah. Well, look, it's a, it's a tough way. Look, I love Cheers. Cheers is a fantastic show. And I, I, I think for me and Scott, thanks for the call. For me, uh, it deserved to stay certainly over uh, Game of Thrones, certainly over uh, The Office. And I would say certainly over Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, that is an all time classic sitcom, big time stars, big time performances, classic characters, uh, a classic theme. I mean, it has everything that you could possibly want. Had, uh, you know, uh, two different, uh, you know, between coaches years and then Woody Harrelson's years. No, it's a classic. But look, sometimes, much like the Royal Rumble, you know, sometimes a a guy gets thrown over the top rope you didn't expect. And uh, that was certainly the case for Cheers. So maybe deserved a better fate, maybe deserved a better draw. But uh, Cheers, yeah, biting the dust. And we'll see now if uh, Seinfeld... You know, we got three sitcoms in there, so maybe it's a little difficult for Seinfeld to be able to pull this off. You're going to split the vote and Game of Thrones is going to sneak up there. Who knows? It's up to you to decide, and you can decide. On Twitter, at Gordon Damer. the Regal Tumble. Uh, of course, we've uh, talked about football, Week 7. So many exciting games, so many game-changing plays, so many unbelievable performances, be it uh, last night of the Sunday night game between Arizona and Seattle, be it Tom Brady yesterday be it the Chiefs just rolling along, playing in the snow. I was wondering what month it was in Denver yet. They got snow on the ground. We don't need that just yet. The Cleveland finish against the Bengals. Uh, all these great performances, all these un- the, dead, the uh, Detroit Lions pulling out a win against the, the Falcons who just uh, continue to fall apart late in games. But then uh, we spent most of our time early on talking about the Jets for some reason. And uh, the Jets losing again yesterday, so now 0-7 on the season. So mission accomplished. That has to be the goal. Anything you can do. Because, again, it does feel like the Jets are far and away the worst team in football. Unfortunately, at least statistically, they're not. There's all these teams nipping at their heels. Now, the good news is the Jets almost certainly are not going to win a game this year. Almost certainly. And it does feel like the other teams, while also bad, probably will win more than one. But the problem with that is, is that in terms of strength of schedule, if it ever does end up being a tie, the Jets lose the strength of schedule to just about all of them. So they have to keep this up. Eye on the prize. Don't lose your focus. And make sure you keep losing games. And uh, yesterday, there were some scary moments, right? We're coming up on Halloween Nothing scarier will happen this Halloween, at least for Jet fans, the idea of having a 10-0 lead. Because the Jets had a 10-0 lead yesterday, and it was terrifying. You actually thought, "Uh uh-oh, this could be the week. Wouldn't it just be the Jets to have this awful, brutal season and then somehow win some stupid game and then end up with, like, the fourth pick? Wouldn't that just be like the New York Jets? But yesterday, it did seem like there was change in the air because Adam Gase gave up uh, play-calling duties to Dowell Loggins, the offensive coordinator. I think, I, this has not been confirmed, but I believe Dowell Loggins, he gave up play-calling duties at halftime, and nobody else picked them up. They, they just left it running on autopilot, and autopilot uh, did not work. The Jets had four total yards. Yes, you heard that correctly. Four total yards. They had five drives in the second half, resulting in 16 plays. And four total yards. So my suggestion for the Jets is don't change a thing. Just keep going. But, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of, uh, you know, excitement during the Jet games. So I have suggested, much like college game day, where they have the celebrity picker, the Jets should do that with play calling duties, right? Last two weeks ago was Adam Gase. This week it was Dow Loggins. Next week, put a handout, make a call to Charles Barkley. See if Charles Barkley will come in and call plays, And maybe if he's not, maybe Ric Flair, maybe Bill Murray, you know, one of these people, whoever got voted out last on uh, The mass Singer. Oh, I think it was Mark Sanchez. Bring Mark Sanchez in for a week. Something to get. Now, look, it sounds ridiculous. But if it was Kelly Clarkson against the Chiefs, couldn't Kelly Clarkson call plays that would result in more than four yards? I think so. I think so. All right. uh, That's going to do. Are we already out of time for today? Well, I didn't even get to mention again the Regal Tumble. It's up on Twitter. And I will say this. You can vote on Twitter at Gordon Damer. Seinfeld is the show today. And I will say Seinfeld has started very strong. But on Friday, Fresh Prince started very, very strong. And then as the afternoon went along, the numbers started to dip. The numbers started to fall off. Now, Fresh Prince did clear it and they were able to make. But there was some time there where the new entry. Yeah, there was a lot of passion early on. But then things started to normalize. So I will say Seinfeld has started very strong this morning. But whether or not it stays that way remains to be seen. And it remains in your hands. So vote on the Regal Tumble. It is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, And we are going to be back tomorrow. I don't know that we can do a better show tomorrow. Then this one today, this one was really a, a classic. Just a fantastic job by everyone involved. Brian doing a fantastic job. Myself, of course, as I pat myself on the back. So uh, we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have poop rankings. So as bad as the Jets' performance was yesterday, it seems like they are pretty, even more so than Seinfeld in the Regal Tumble, the Jets seem like a very strong contender. to hold. Can they hold on to the number one spot in poop rankings for a fourth straight week? We will find out tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.